0: Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm so glad to be back. We've had some great episodes lately, and today's is one of my best. It's episode 81 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today we have Coach Randy Brown. Randy Brown is a national author, keynote speaker, mentor, and coach. Randy is considered a national expert on the topics of adversity, networking, and team building. His experience spans over 30 years of sharing life-changing messages to hundreds of audiences. His popular presentations on the truth of networking, communication, and team building lean on his college basketball coaching career and life experiences. For nearly 20 years, Randy Brown has worked with the country's finest coaches, including Basketball Hall of Famer Lou Olson. His NCAA Division I experience includes five regular season championships, Two postseason tournament championships, five NCAA tournaments, back to back Big 12 titles, and the 2000 Elite Eight. Twelve NBA players have benefited from his coaching expertise, including Steve Kerr, current Golden State Warriors head coach, and Sean Elliott, National Player of the Year 1988. Four Arizona players combined have captured an amazing 15 NBA World Championship trophies as both players and coaches. Kerr, eight. Bruce Frazier, three, Judd Buchler three, Sean Elliott, one. One of his passions is giving back to the coaching profession. He created an extensive worldwide coach mentoring program in 2008, Elite Coach Mentoring. Over 100 coaches have reached their coaching goals with Randy. Randy's networking tree extends deep into the basketball world. Within two degrees, he can connect to virtually every college and NBA coach. He is an author, speaker, mentor, consultant, and networking expert. He is a certified life coach to coach you, and is an emeritus coach to the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Randy's expertise in dealing with life's adversities provides a powerful platform for his presentation. Rebound Forward. His rise in the coaching world was matched by his dramatic plunge to the depths of depression children's deaths, prison, and a career lost forever. His book, Rebound Forward, highlights his rise in the college coaching world as well as failure, adversity, and tragedy. He is a role model for resilience in the face of life's most devastating circumstances. Randy has two daughters, Claire, 27, and Jane, 22, and resides in Ames, Iowa. Coach, it's going to be a treat, really picking the brain of Coach Randy Brown. As you can see, he's had many, not coaching experiences life experiences uh what a great teacher of the game i've stole so many of his ideas over the past um and he's a great this is a great teacher of the game and he's doing so much to help mentor uh coaches that are interested in getting into the college coaching ranks so coaches let's welcome coach randy brown randy welcome brown
1: hi kevin how are you this afternoon?
0: I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah, thank you so
1: much for, of course, really, uh, really good and, and just appreciate you, um, just appreciate what you do. And uh, I took a look at all the guests and things that have been with you, so you're talking to some, some really, really awesome people, and I know you're helping along the way, so... That's what it's all
0: about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I tell you, I, I just um I know you're I mean you're you're a you're a basketball man, I know, and I really want to I, I really want to get your story on everything. And I have studied you. I think I, I sent you a text. I have so many of your materials and everything. And I just I appreciate the the mentorship and the help, even though we haven't met that you have provided for me. You have given out so many great ideas for coaches. I just want to say thank you personally. Sure. To you. So thank you. for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah. It's a, Randy, it's a joy. Amen.
0: Absolutely. Hey, tell us a little bit about, I know you've, you've been around, you've coached for so many years and kind of tell us about your journey on why you got started in the coaching. And I know your background I'm sure you had some great mentors. Just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, why, you're, why you got into coaching and why you're still involved into the coaching profession.
1: As to how I got involved, I was, I believe, fortunate that my father was a, a sports writer. Me and my brothers are gymnasiums and fishing boats. Uh, because he was an outdoor writer and also a award-winning sports writer and so when you go to a game with your father you don't leave right after the game if he's a sports writer in fact you get used to being the last one out of the gym which is kind of interesting and I I grew up in gyms and and I just learned to appreciate and value athletics uh, uh, far beyond just an activity just something to do I I saw it as as really a key part of um, parent life and the fr- the, the friends that, that they spent time with were all were all coaches and, and, and couples because uh, it was a tight knit community and all the coaches at the different sports they all got together and and my dad was kind of the conduit because uh, because he, he being the writer and everybody got along and, and I saw that and I saw that athletics were important and I saw that relationships were really really important the The fella that probably took it over the top for me was was a coach by, by the name of Dutch Husman, in, in my hometown in, in Fort Dodge uh, Iowa Dutch was the uh, head basketball coach he had a very um, authoritative uh, voice uh, you knew when when he spoke. Um, I used to go to practice when I was a little guy, and I, I was never afraid of him because I knew him on a different level. But, boy, he commanded such respect from those players. I saw him in charge. I saw him, um, you know, just really being uh, being a leader of those young guys. And so I'm watching that at a young age, having no idea what a career even is. But I knew at that time that if there was any way to – be involved in basketball first as a player and then maybe as a coach someday, then that's what I wanted to do. And I think that pl- seed was planted really, really uh, young for me. And I've al- I've always said, I am so fortunate that I got a chance to do my entire life what I wanted to do. So seeing something I wasn't even. Doing. So. Planted in Ed McNeil, our, our baseball coach who actually started uh, the first FCA chapter in the state of Iowa, um, other than everyone that's involved in that community. Really hey coach, Tanner Brightman here. Just wanted to give you a heads up about our 2019 Best in the West Coaches Conference, October 4th, 5th, and 6th in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Our presenters this year are fantastic. Some of the greatest basketball coaches in the world, Chris Oliver, Mike McKay, Alex Sarama, Yurik Michaels, Shawnee Harley, and Dave Taylor, will feature 13 hours' worth of content for coaches to learn for the low, low price of 100 Canadian dollars. Coaches will get fed and will be given over $1,000 worth of discounts and giveaways. Please feel free to reach out to me via email or social media if you would like more information or if you would like to register, log on to www.basketballsask.com and register today. Hope to see you there.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, hey, I'm. Hey, tell me again that story. Um, you're, you're finishing up on uh, Dutch Usman and the impact that he had on you. I, I, if you can remember it now, I'm sure he had a tremendous impact on you
1: he did it was it was just something you just I mean it's one of those where you remember the sights and smells of the of the place at that spot you were in at that time and unfortunately uh-huh. we, we lost yeah. Dutch and my father um, uh, a few years ago both but uh, but a tremendous wow. impact on me and our families were closer than close and continue to be which is really which is really neat
0: yeah it's just so funny how um, you, I, I talked to so many great coaches like yourself. It's always those coaches that they they were introduced to at a very young age. Not not an older age, younger age that kind of right. So it just proves a theory, right? That that I'm being a PE coach now at a K five, I'm a I have an impact on these kids early, don't we? Oh,
1: oh. Absolutely. And if we walk in there any day and we don't take that seriously enough or just assume that it's just another day, they won't, uh, they're not going to be affected by anything I, you know, say or do or, boy, we're missing the boat. So um, I congratulate you for, for what you do. And uh, boy, that is such a powerful uh, age, you know, for you to build in.
0: Yeah, I love that. I really want to pick your brain because I think I learned how to coach youth basketball through, I forget the, I know it was the Iowa clinics, Randy, but you, you had so much great information on how to coach youth basketball. I mean, I I, I mean, your Iowa academies, I think it was called. I mean, I remember that to the day. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the importance of coaching youth basketball. Hey, Coach. Are you there, Kevin? Hey, Randy. Okay. Hi, Coach.
1: I'm back with you, I guess.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. Sometimes that happens. I will go back and edit. Okay. Uh, just Yeah, just to anchor the Wi-Fi issues. It's crazy. I'm not a high-tech guy, but, man, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But I well, go some, back and edit. Somebody yeah.
1: called in is what happened, and I – I hit the sound button to, to, so it wouldn't ring. And I don't know that probably did it, but anyway, yeah, if you're going to edit it, we're good. Okay.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have to do that. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I was just telling you about the Iowa academies, the youth basketball you're talking about the impact mm-hmm. on kids. I absolutely love those. I, I really thought even at a very young age as a coach, that you were a great teacher, just how you're a how you teach, young kids is a great sign of a basketball teacher. I think Uh, kind of go back to that and tell us like, you know, what the impact that was on you teaching youth, youth academies.
1: Well, actually I was impacted, I think much more profoundly than, than the kids were that I was, that I was teaching. And I think they learned a lot. I think they gained a ton of clarity around the game, which really is one of my main goals. And the reason I say that is because, coaching at at other levels you know your let's say your high school level and then all the way up into the college and then in the into the major college and you know I think there is so much involved in the job it's still about the games it's still about winning the games but it it is not the same as being in the gym with eight-year-olds who are so fascinated with with being taught something and when they get it they really get it and they smile and they shake their head and if there's anything i take pride in it's teaching the kids the 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 how and the why but mainly the why of basketball it isn't you just go out there and dribble around and and, and have a good time. Sure. We're going to have a good time, but I want them to understand how it all fits together. And I use the, I I use the kind of the story about putting together a puzzle. It's, it's, it's a big part of, of how I go about teaching the game. I don't get to do that when I'm coaching high school all Americans, Now it's a different experience, but when, when I return to the gym, okay. With my college coaching career, um w- was done and i moved on to the next chapter in my life and i returned to the gym with younger players i i just fell in love with the game again i really felt like i got the got invigorated and i got to start over and man i i i put myself i tried to put myself mentally and um and, and visually if you would in the same situation as these young people that that i created the academy for and we if we do anything as coaches we're so into our own knowledge and our our own experiences (laughs) that we're unable to teach we have to understand we're teaching to eight-year-olds okay how much i know is of no consequence now okay what what is important now is that i can make eye contact with that young person I can use language they can understand. Um, I I use no terminology that needs to be explained all day. One or two might be, but I want to be able to speak that language. And I want to make sure they understand why we're doing this. And man, when they get it, it is awesome. And I remember that when I was a kid, I remember making my first shot. I remember that day and I remember certain things that I picked up along the way. And to see them have those little moments of success just brought me back to this is like the coolest. And I've told thousands of people that I think the truest example and experience of coaching is coaching the the younger players versus, you know, your elite college players. I I, I know I got back and got grounded and, and was in a place where I felt like I was a better coach than the day we played Michigan State in a rock'em, sock'em down to the buzzer game. The winner goes to the Final Four. They went to the Final Four uh, in a really, really great basketball game and then ended up winning the national championship. And I try to liken over in some little gym here in Central Iowa an experience one night to that. And to me – It paled in compare the the Michigan State game paled in comparison (laughs) to what I get. I mean, I'm out there with goosebumps. You know, teaching the game of basketball, and then much more. As we know, you're not just teaching PE; you're teaching so many other things. And and uh, I've told people that, and they look at me like you got to be crazy. I go, no. Well, I, I promise you, this is the truest example of coaching that there is, and I enjoy the heck out of it. So, yeah, it was really cool. I might not have ever had that, really had that um, uh, experience. You know, had I not had I not ended that chapter and and got around those young players. So, yeah, our academies were awesome, and we had some really good coaches. And and <clears throat> I took as much pride in coaching my coaches as I did coaching the players because <clears throat> I, I call it times 10. If, if, if I can really do a good job instructing young um, young coaches how to teach the game um, and they go out and, and can really, really have an impact on 10 young people, then everything I do is times 10. And I love that concept. I, I just love that vision of being able to share the game. And so but I talk to my coaches the way I talk to my eight-year-olds. <laughs> so uh, I take nothing <laughs> for granted. Believe me, I make no assumptions uh, in teaching this great game of ours. And I think that's the only way to do it.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's what I'm thinking about. Um, I, I strongly recommend for the listeners to go back and get your materials. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and find those links again, and maybe you can send those to me. Um, but I, what I, I tell you what I loved about it. Is your language because mm-hmm. a lot of? I think I think we overcoach the game at the youth mm. level big time, right, Randy? Mm. Um, and just your verbiage of you know stepping on the bug, yeah. you know those things. But those things kids remember. Uh, just that terminology, and to be honest with you, I don't think that should stop at the youth level. No. I think we over we over verbalize the game instead of simplifying yes. it. What do you think?
1: Yes, we do. I was twenty. 20- Two, I was twenty. was twenty-four years old. I was a high school coach and a teacher in, in Eastern Iowa. I was a JV high school basketball coach and varsity assistant. This is prior to me going to Arizona, but I had one of the one of the really defining moments. I was in practice one day and. We, we had a program that was not very good, and, and so we're just kind of t- really trying to build the culture and build these kids up and teach them the game. But I had a kid challenge me one day, and he goes, Coach, I'm so frustrated. He goes, I don't know what you want me to do. And, of course, me, th- young coach thinking I'm, everything I'm doing is perfect, I go, what do you mean? And he said, well, one time you tell me to come down here and set a pick, and the next time you said come down and screen the guy. Now, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I looked at him and I yeah. mean the kid's face is red. And, and I, it's kind of like one of those, Oh, he got me moments. And I'm like, and, and of course, then I want to defend myself and say, well, they're, they're interchangeable. You can use them both. What, you know, which, which I may have gone to, I don't remember exactly how I, how I handled that, but isn't that something, I mean, he picked up on that and I had to say, well, there's the same thing. And I'm sure he looked at me and said, well, use one of them. <laughs> It'd be easier. But that is so true <laughs> in, in, in teaching and coaching. Boy, is that, is that important. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you this because, because – I, and I, I go in so many directions when I'm talking about these things because uh, uh-uh, the no importance of, of all of them. What we need to do a much better job as coaches is once we clarify our language, we need to define – the, the, the terminology you know to to say okay my five toughest guys are going to finish this game well coach what's your definition of toughness okay what is it you know you, those words we use we better have definitions for because if if you're going to keep me on the bench because the five toughest are going to play if i'm a competitive kid I may not be happy by not being in there. That's fine. That's that, that goes with being a compet- competitor but I want to know wh- what, wh- why I don't fit in with being at one of the top five toughest. Cause I want to be in that darn basketball game. So we owe it to the, to the people that we're surround. Now uh, let's take it into corporate America. You know, let's take it into it. Let's take it into a relationship, a marriage Let's, you know, what, what do these words mean? Um, We can't, you know, we we can't, there's no way we can function properly within a team if we don't really know what the coach is telling us. So defining those, you know, toughness is a, is, is a great term, but it can mean 10,000 things. I want to know. But my definition of toughness is to take what, what you're taught and what you learn in the locker room take it from the locker room to the practice floor and the practice floor to the game all right if you can execute it in the game to me that is the greatest level and a number one example of toughness execution it has nothing to do with a bone crushing screen zero um I wrote that piece and you probably have it, the, the, the 45 parts of toughness. And it kind of came off, I do. off yeah. you know, uh, um, Billis's book. Uh, I personalized it, but uh, th- that's important to me. You know, if I, if I don't get eye contact, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I always tell, I always, always tell him your, your coach is going to, he's going to put you in if he can trust you to do what you've been taught during the week on a Friday night? that's plain and simple. Okay, I don't care how many camps you went to. I don't care how many A-plus grades you got at these all-star camps. I don't care about any of that. Can you maintain eye contact and go in the game and do what you're supposed to do? If so, I have a high level of trust with you. It's not a like or dislike. It's a level of trust because this is a team thing, not a you or me thing. Then I'm going to feel really good about putting you in the game. I talked to him about – I work with a lot of high school and college players this summer. Talk to him about that relentlessly. I said, you got to forget about, you know, your parents taking you across country and going to all these wonderful places. Great experiences. But that didn't, that didn't necessarily get you anything. Okay, What you do in practice is a picture of who you are. And he's got to decide for the best for, – for, for the sake of the team, which five guys need to be in there at any given time. And so, boy, those terms, Kevin, are so important. and you know, we have to define them. I think a lot of times coaches try to define them for the kids and they leave their staff out. And a kid comes to assistant coach and he's a little sideways about something and asks them, and the assistant coaches, I've seen this way too many times, it's kind of like, you know, I don't really know. Coach kind of, he kind of does that or says that, right? You know, I don't really know what that means either. Wow. You talk about breaking down the... <laughs> breaking down the core of what you're doing so we all need to know um which which would um which always leads me to the top three and and i know you've you're familiar with that stuff too because i think that's just core essential absolutely core essential of anything that we do whether it be our life and our values whether it be coaching whether it be teaching so you know identifying the things that we think are most important and becoming really good at them
0: Hey coaches, this is Matt Smith, the president and founder of United Basketball Clinics. want to let you know about two great clinics we have going on later this year. The Hoosier Gym Coaches Clinic, August 23rd and 24th at the Legendary Hoosier Gym in Knightstown, Indiana. Vance Wahlberg, Dave Love, Doug Porter, Mike Neighbors, John Kaufman, and more speaking that weekend. All sessions are on the floor with live demonstration. Also, if the Peach State Coaches Clinic in Atlanta, Alpharetta, Georgia, September 28th, Hernando Plannell, Charmin White, Gene Durden, Alan Whitehart, the staff from Georgia State University, and more. Please visit UnitedBasketballClinics.com to register. Early bird pricing ends August 1st. That's UnitedBasketballClinics.com. Same staff discount supply. I look forward to seeing you there. <laughs> hey Randy hey um hey, hey tell me let me let me see if I I'm saying um the coaches the assistant coaches the players all should be aligned is that correct yeah absolutely you know if we're gonna I mean if we're in a boat
1: and we're rowing I mean for you to have a longer oar than me I mean if I'm paddling with a toothpick and you've got a giant oar <laughs> and nobody's paying attention that boat's going everywhere we got to be together right got to be you know we, we we have to we have to understand what the prize is and and be together and trying to win the prize we're not always going to win but yeah we got to be together from the words we use on and i think the words we use are really key
0: yeah i think we assume a lot as coaches and i know i'm just as guilty of that um, but my main focus just to talking to a lot of great coaches like yourself is um, we constantly evaluate and test. For example, at practices, you know, we'll give them a certain term or concept or a specific thing to do. And then we'll call them back like, like 10 seconds later, call a quick timeout and then ask them, what do we just yes. say? Give me one particular concept. I do that with my little kids yes. at the end. Yes. Um, I just think that I think it's valuable, right? Oh,
1: it's it's so valuable. Um it, it is. The art of asking the non-yes and no question is really a skill that we have to learn and I didn't learn it for a long, long, long time. Uh and we all do it, right? We ask that stupid question that has a yes and no or a head nod, and they all head nod. Um and it's right. most of the time they don't know what they're head nodding to. They're just saying, I got a coach. That's not what yeah, we need. Yeah. Um, I take it a step further with with my guys that I work with. I'll, I'll say, um, now, we just talked about how to get open on the wing by winning the footwork. It is everybody understand that. And I'll look at one of them and Wade totally nods. And I'll say, do you understand? And he'll say, yes. I'll say, okay, as long as you do, that's great. Would you come out? Okay, we've got a couple guys that I don't think I understand. Would you come out and go through that like I did and, and take them through that? And then they're just like, oh my gosh, now I got to explain it. But boy, you talk about cementing learning. If if they're actually doing it themselves, boy, that really helps. And it really drives home, you know, that, that knowledge. Um, I do that a lot. Uh, so they have to be careful when they say yes to me. Because
0: <laughs> Yes. Cause and that's, it's harder. It's- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they're. So they're they're actually teaching it back to you, oh, correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I love
1: that. Yeah. And I and then yeah, I yeah. listened for their language and then I asked my I asked, I asked his peers, how did he do? Do you guys understand? You know, and they'll be "Yeah, <laughs> coach is a little shaky, he's not like you. You know, I said, Well, I know it it's okay, but we do you see how hard it is to get on the same page, you guys? Because if I assume that you yeah. guys just, boy, just getting everything like cracked like a whip, like, oh, man, I got it. I got it. We're going to be good. We're going to. Hey, I can't do that because I don't think a lot of times you guys are getting this the way I, you're conveying to me. So, yeah, it's a good lesson. It really is. I'm so big on the eye contact. I, I'm so big on it because I believe that when you take your eyes off something, your ears disconnect. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. brutal. In a team sport Uh, I often say hey you know what you might be better fit for tennis because you know what this is a team sport (laughs) man and I'm telling you you got to be in this for your guys or your gals and I need your eyes I need you I need them because your ears work so much better when your eyes are connected
0: yeah that's so true coach I mean I have my assistant coach literally watch the eyes Mm -hmm. while I'm talking that's great um, and it, it's so, it's so true. I guess I, I've been coaching a long time. I figured that out. Uh, but we also have to coach them up and, and not penalize them, but, but constantly teach them, yeah. right? Say, Hey, this is, this is why it's yeah. important. See again.
1: Yeah. You're that's, that's perfect. They need to know why they need to know that we're just not a coach that filled out a practice plan at the end of seventh period. Cause he didn't put any thought into it. And just came to practice, <laughs> you know, I, I, have, right. I have a deal on the floor in, in, in this gym that I that I, I do my work. It's back in my hometown an hour from here. And I've, I've been very blessed to to be asked to come back and, and do a lot of work in this gym. And my my promise to the young people and, and it's it they all know this, too, is if at any time we're on this floor. And you don't think, or you're unsure that what we're doing has a direct relationship to the game, that what we're doing doesn't replicate the game of basketball, then you stop and you ask me because number one, I wasted a lot of gas driving up if I can't if I can't say, you know, if I can't prove that it replicates the game, and number two, you need to know why you're doing this. I'll give you an example. We play tag a lot. All right. Right. <laughs> and you ought to see them. You ought to see them. They're what? Tag. What? That's it. So, this would be one of my favorite examples. And we go play. I said, okay. Now, I said, you all know how to play offense now because you know how to play tag. Tag is all about misdirection, it's about change of speed and direction, it's about spacing, it's about using your eyes correctly. And I go down this whole line of what, what tag teaches you. Um, and and so we will um we will use that skill and i have but i have to show them why we took time out of that workout to to play tag once i explained it and they get it then these other (laughs) off the wall things that i do because i teach the game in so many different ways and shapes and forms but In the end, it all comes back to it replicates the game. And sometimes they really need to – I need to explain it to them. They need to think it out. But I have been asked a few times, Coach, you got to explain to me what you you just said (laughs) has anything to do. For instance, I'll do this. Kevin, in the middle of a workout, I'll say, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do next. On the baseline, from that corner to that corner, in ascending order, what I want you to do is I want you to add up month, day, and the last two letters of, or, 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 or last two numbers of the year you were born, add those up. I want to go in ascending order from, okay, from lowest to highest, go. Now, we're in the middle of a workout. Last thing they're thinking about is their birthday or doing mathematics. Right. And I love it when they get frozen, and then they don't, then they can't add, and then they just run in there and kind of mingle and get in the line somewhere. And see, so for me, that's part of toughness. Because in basketball, it's such a fast-moving, changing game. You've got to be able to make split-second decisions. And right. they've got to be able to say 2-4 and four is 6, and 97 is 16, and 6, and that's 22. And then communicate 22, 22. Who's got higher than 22? Who's got, I need to know who's lower than 22 so I can get in the right place in this line. I call these mind games, and we do them all of the time and I'm trying to keep them to where they can just move. And uh, uh, Larry Stacey, the great basketball coach I worked for at Iowa State, national coach of the year, and and we were able to win the Big 12 back-to-back years, which is rarely done unless you're located in Lawrence, Kansas. But he used to say, you guys think playing hard is, is, is enough, but it's not. You have to be able to think in basketball while you're playing hard. Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis, with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Randy, I love what you're saying about you have to think basketball while playing hard. Um, continue on with that. You hear me? Hey, Randy. I'm back. Great, great. Not sure um, how much of that hey, you got. I, Yeah, I, I tell you what I, you left off of, which I think is absolutely great. Think basketball while playing hard. That's the whole game. And it continue is. on with that.
1: Well, you have to think while you're playing hard. And it's really hard to do. And that, that's why when I walk in that gym, you know, I'm always talking about, okay, are you thinking and are you playing hard? Can you do them both at the same time? Just to do one will get you beat. Um, it, you know, I always get the biggest kick out of the kid that that runs over another kid and, dives in the stands for a ball he went for a a steal which he didn't get it put his team in 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 tremendous uh difficult situation because of being a guy being less one guy on defense and just a horrible play right and he's just bowling a china shop and everybody compliments that kid for great hustle that's great hustle and you know what that kid's playing hard but he is not thinking one thing about basketball and his team, point. and where he's supposed to be on the floor. Then you get your overthinkers, who are just trying to think the game, and and they're not. Their body doesn't move. You know, this, things aren't aren't working together. And Larry used to say that, and I, I just thought it was it was brilliant. And to get him to do it is is another thing. But uh, but but it's really a good goal. And um, um, I have um, what we, we were talking about the guys explaining uh, to the, to the team. I wanted to add this to that. When we get every workout we get done with, we, we circle up. I may have a parting thought. Usually not. Usually I get them together and then I'll just point at one of them. And what they need to do is they need to clearly. To the to, to, to the group. What one thing that they've picked up, learned, maybe affirmed they knew but it's just good to affirm stuff sometimes maybe it's something brand new that they now appreciate uh, they're learning for the first time and i don't let them get by with well we worked on screening you know it's good they've got to they've got to really explain it and then we go around and everybody has one and they can't be repeated because that gets to be you know, everybody wants to repeat what what Joey said because they they don't think they can think of another one. But it really puts their thinking cap on. I really always want them thinking about the game. And that is just the coolest exercise. Um, And and some of the kids will bring notebooks and then actually write down everything they've learned in that session. Um, In my academy, we had them all do it, but but I I leave it as optional this summer. And a lot of them will go to a notebook and write a lot of things down which is really cool, then you know they're learning. And that's what it's all about.
0: And uh, and I love that. Yeah, and that should be the goal. <clears throat> that should be the goal of every program. I think it's almost very similar to point guard. I have kids that go to point guard college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about just learning the details of the game, studying the game. Yes. Um, do you think us coaches, I, I don't see it a lot. And I, I'm a big believer in it notebooks, um, writing things down, key words of the day, key emphasis, all that teaching part. Do you think that's being neglected in the game today, Coach, from your perspective?
1: I, I do a bit. I, I think we we can really get bogged down by offenses and defenses instead of the nuances of the game and the things that really, in the end, are, are going to add up to, let's say, uh, playing a really good basketball game, win or lose, but playing a really right. good quality basketball game. I don't know how you go through life without writing things down. And I'm a documenter. I I write things down. I, I made the mistake of sitting next to Kevin Eastman at a basketball clinic once <laughs> and Sherry Cole from uh, Oklahoma, the women's coach of Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. was talking and she was going through this list. And son of a gun, the, the second – that I drifted away a little bit. He turns to me and he goes, What was number eight? And I just felt like an idiot. I'll never forget that because <laughs> you you better not relax around that guy. Um yeah. uh, it, it, and so it, well, we need to. We need to. I, I, I think I think sometimes we get as coaches, I think we buy into the what we did last year is gonna be fine, uh, mantra. And and I, I just think that's horrible to 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 be that uh, to to be that unimaginative about um, taking on a, another year of coaching. And I think it happens a lot. And you know, from the big parts to the little parts, to teaching the game to the to the bigger parts like offense and defense, um, I see a lot of kind of uncreative coaches and. Man, this thing should be about gaining an edge no matter what it is. Let's gain an edge that might help us get a little bit better when win a game.
0: Yeah, and there's so many resources out there like yourself and so many good people, mentors, and so forth that are out there. I mean, the information's out there. It's just how you use it, right, Randy? So what do you recommend for coaches out there? And, of course, uh, we are going to talk about your mentoring program here in a second, but what do you recommend for coaches seeking out information about the, how can they bring it back to their program in the right way?
1: Boy, that is a real dilemma because there is a lot out there. There's the internet and there's what you hear on television and there's social media and there are clinics and there are videotapes and uh, I mean, ad nauseum. So yeah, what do you do? Because I'll tell you, uh, to me, it, in large part, coaching gets much more difficult the more materials you amass. Because I know Hi. as a young coach, then I had to be really good at all those things, and I wanted to be smarter than the next guy. I wanted to be no more than him, um, but th- our, our players can't handle a tenth of what we try to give them or, or think we can get across to them. So that's a real that's a real interesting question now. For me, personally, I was fortunate because I I came, um, I I came to meet and become aligned with, oh, the eight or nine mentors when I was a young coach, just out of out of college at the University of Iowa, um, I latched onto just the old guard, the Denny Theesens and the Don Grunwalds and the Neil Pageants and. These guys, Don Showalter, they were unbelievable to me as a young coach. And I got lucky. Now, I took to it also. I sort of was seeking it out, but I took to it. And those were my mentors. I don't know how without a mentor and without some type of direction, you can take all that information and turn it into anything that makes sense. I really don't. And I think it's a difficult thing. I feel bad for young coaches without direction. I think that is a horrible Situation to put a young person in because number one they got to deal with the parents. Let's not let's forget about exes Notes. So they got to they got to deal with the personalities in this program, kids and parents, and then the game itself. Um, I, I and I guess probably that's why I do what I do, Kevin, because I know I don't want people to to get into coaching for two years, be overwhelmed, and quit. And a lot of them do. And and I understand why they do. It's just so darn overwhelming. But what it, the, let me let me draw a visual picture of of the way I would love to see it go for for any coach, let alone younger or not. It, if you picture a giant funnel, and into that funnel we pour everything we can learn about basketball. So it's all our past experiences. It's, it's all of our um, stereotypes. It's all what we know about the game or think about the game. It's, it's all that we were taught when we were a player. And then as a coach, it's all the videos and all the TV and social media and everything that you and I just talked about clinic notes. Let's dump it all in there, all of it. And every day we can get more and we just keep dumping in there and dumping it in there. All right. So, because I love the, I love the, the, The visual behind this so it's a funnel so all of that stuff is gonna all kind of get mixed up and it's gonna have to come out if it's if if it's gonna if it's gonna be digested and then come out it's gonna come out in the bottom and what comes out is really the the pearls of of coaching it's it's the it's the essence of who you are as a coach. You can't take all that with you. That's why a funnel is shaped the way it's it's shaped. It's not shaped the other way. We wouldn't be able to get any. You and I would be the dumbest coaches in the world because we couldn't get any information if we flipped that thing over. But we've got too much. But what comes out of the – we can only do what truly represents us and and, and what we can what we can in in integrity say, I value this about the game. I'm going to teach it till the cows come home. And this is so important that I am going to be a masterful teacher at these three things. And I, I get back to the top three. I think we all need to master three things um, in the game and out of the bottom of that funnel becomes the things essentially that we're is going to be, that we're going to represent as coaches. That's the best way I can explain it now is that happening? Um, no, it's not happening. It can it happen? Yes. Is it happening? No. But it's it takes some initiative by by the young person that's going to be the coach. To I mean, you just don't take a pill and figure that stuff out. You got to kind of you got to you got to have a reason to to do it like that. But that's the best way I can explain it.
0: Yeah, and and my advantage is um, I have listened to so many great coaches. Their their philosophies, their systems, are based on one or like you were saying, one or two concepts or three concepts, and they are can, they have tremendous conviction with those. Yeah. I mean, everything in their programs about that. Man, that's I learned so much from talking to these great coaches because I'm one that has, I believe, I mean, I have too much information. And what I've learned, Randy, at this even at my age is, man, cut back, less is better, right? Yeah.
1: Without it, without a doubt, I go as far as telling coaches. I, I, I I love throwing stuff out and getting looks from them. And I say, why do you even have out of bounds plays? You don't need out of bounds plays. How much time in practice do you spend on film, (laughs) on this, on that, with out of bounds plays? Oh, we spend a lot of time. Why? Just have your guys get together, get in a triple stack, get the other guy over here in the corner, and then figure it out. You don't need, if they don't know how to get open on an out-of-bounds play after being with you for three years on the varsity level, you haven't taught them anything, but it's it's tongue-in-cheek, but but we have to be really careful about what we spend our time on. It has to be the things that we value most, not just stuff that we think we need to be really good at.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um Hey coach i hear
1: you yep
0: okay yes yep. um hey my hey i, I want to i really want to get you your elite mentoring program because i have some regrets in life i'm 55 mm-hmm. and i really wanted to contact you and be part of your program uh when i was a younger coach because mm-hmm. i've always wanted to be a college coach but i'm mm-hmm. here coaching high school for a reason yeah. uh but I always, that's one of my regrets. I always wanted to contact you, and I I didn't have the confidence hmm. as a coach. Okay. how do you? What do you? What do you look for in young people or coaches who are getting into your program? What are What are the successful ones doing? What are their keys? It's It's hard to explain how
1: how this happens, but I can tell in five minutes whether somebody has got what it's going to take or not. I don't know what it is. I've been wrong a few times, but I'm pretty much right on it. it to me, it all gets down to this. Are you willing, and I say this to, to all of them that come to me, they'll say, okay, do you want to be a college coach? Great. I say, great. I want to win the lottery too. Okay. That's great. <laughs> okay. How about the 80% of the people that buy uh, health club memberships around the turn of the uh, of the year, the new year, OK, haven't been there more than one time in March. You know, we all want, want. OK, are we willing to do? So the question is, are you willing to do everything it's going to take in order to make this happen? If so, I can guide you. I, I can't get a job for you, but I will. Here's what I will guarantee you. I will teach you the skills you're going to need and I will help you to get positioned by helping you with your network and building your brand and getting you job ready. I will help you get in a position to where you're going to get your first job. And so they'll say, yeah, well, that sounds great. And and then I'll say, and this is the, the, this is the dividing question. I'll say, tell me though, what these things are that you're going to have to do because you said you're willing to do anything uh, to make this happen. What are those things? They don't have a clue. And if they don't have a clue, when push comes to shove and I'm asking them, you know, to, to handwrite, you know, 30 notes a month and, and to cold call college coaches and to um, uh, to start to build their network and the whole myriad of things that that, that I could ask of them. And, and I, I, I'm not... Um, I don't push them because I'm not their babysitters when I mentor coaches, um, but I give them opportunities and they're either going to take the opportunity and do it or not. That's totally up to them. And you know what, if they can not identify what, you know, doing everything it takes even is they're not going to, they're not going to make it. They're just not going to make it. I have seen guys though, go, I've, I've seen them do, Some amazing things, some unbelievable sacrifices just to be able to afford a couple bucks to come and and work with me. And I can tell through the phone that they get it. My my favorite story, Kevin, is is. With me.
0: Hey coach. Okay. yeah yeah continue on you yeah. were talking about your favorite story about that in, yes sir
1: is in, in here here's here's a great example a young taylor harris calls me from denver in 2008 okay so this 11 years ago and i said um you, you obviously are, are are calling he goes yeah i saw something on the internet about you help guys get college jobs and i said well yeah i mean there's more to it but Um, what what are your goals? (laughs) Well, I want to be a college coach. I said, well, great. Tell me a little bit about your background in coaching. Well, the only experience I've had is fifth grade coach for the Denver Hawks AEU program. And I waited for like the next job and the next job and there wasn't any, they said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. And I said, "Um, you understand that there's going to be, have to be a lot of sacrifices that you're going to have to, to go through and accept, you know, in order in order to make this happen, it's this a very ultra competitive field. He goes, I believe me, coach. He goes, you know, I will do anything. I said, I I want to. I I I will do so. So I asked him. I said, "We've got a, um, uh, we've got a little gap. I've got an echo now on your end. Hey, coach, can you hear me? But I got a question for you because we've got a little gap here in your in your resume uh, for about six years. Can you tell me, you know, what?" you've been doing. He goes, "Yeah, you know, I decided to be a musician. I'm a I'm a bass player, been a bass player in a heavy metal rock band. We've been touring the world for 6 years." Now, what he didn't know at the time was that I I'm, I'm a huge music fan and I said I I said Taylor Harris, "We are going to become college basketball coaches." Okay? I will I'm going to do everything I can do. If you're willing to do your end, I'll do everything I can do. Well, it's a great story because here's a guy that you'd think would be clueless as to what he really needed to do to become a college coach. And I'll tell you what, that guy, I mean, it's such a great story because he, he was in Denver, so he went to Metro State. He didn't have his bachelor's because he went and played music. So he becomes a student assistant at Metro State. The very first year he's on their staff, they go to the national championship finals on CBS Live, and they get second. They – they, they don't win the game. They get second place, second in the country. So there's a picture of Taylor Harris 12 months later holding the trophy. They almost won a national title. The next year they uh-huh. return. Shortly after that, he gets his BA. He gets on their staff, um, not as a full-time assistant, but, but as part of their staff, as an assistant coach, and uh, goes from there to a women's full-time assistant at Regis um, College in Denver. And then okay. I'm just proud as heck to say he currently is a head coach. He took the Miles Community College uh, women's basketball job in Miles, uh, Montana. They went 33-1 and one last year, so he's stepping into to quite a, a, a program to follow. But he is now a head coach. And when he called me in 2008, he said, and I'll never forget it, he said, Coach, I'll do anything that you tell me I need to do. So to answer your original question, I think that's what it is. I don't ask about what your pedigree did. Did you play in college? Did you all the questions you probably think I would ask? I don't ask. I want to know what's in this guy's heart. I want to know what kind of motor he's got. I want to know if he's fully committed to doing. Hey, we're talking about the most ultra competitive profession that exists. It is so hard, but it can be done. And I've helped over a hundred guys, um, make that jump just, and I don't teach them magic. I mean, it isn't anything fancy, but it's just basic stuff. It's a lot of networking. It's a lot of, uh, gaining a a group of people who will, who will help you along the way. And then they got to be willing to work like crazy. So, uh, I, I love my mentoring program. It has been so fulfilling to me because I remember getting the call from Arizona to say, we want you to be our graduate assistant next year. There is nothing like that feeling. And so if I can, you know, if I can, I can really appreciate that. And I love it when my guys call and tell me about, you know, I got this job or I got my first job or after a lot, a lot of hard work. So that's what led me uh, to to doing that. And, and um, it it just has been one of the
0: neatest things I've done in my life. So the the key, uh, obviously the, guys got to grind it out willing to almost volunteer their time connect with people as much as possible money can't be a main issue right they got to be willing to work for almost nothing right you know at the
1: beginning you're you're exactly right and and okay so i'm i'll just throw an arbitrary figure out a hundred dollars a hundred dollars a month let's say okay Okay. And and if a young guy tells me that because i'll say obviously you're not ready to, to step off this cliff and, and do this what what what's holding you back well i don't I, I can't afford it i don't you know it's not in my budget and i'll say i'm going to ask you one question what would it mean to you what would a college career be worth to you and i'm not talking about coaching for two years i'm talking about a career to be <laughs> on that sideline and to be on espn or to be in any gym in america at the collegiate level what would that be worth oh coach that'd be worth everything well see what i'm saying i mean there's last time i checked nobody's knocking on doors giving college jobs away i mean push comes to shove you know you're you're gonna have um i i've went as far i told a young guy once kevin i said um well, you believe me, you can do this. He goes, no, I can't coach. He goes, you don't understand. I got this budget and I got this, these payments and I got this and that. And I said, how old is your car? He goes, well, I got a car a few years ago. So it's, you know, it's fairly new. I said, okay, what would it be worth? He tells me, I go, okay, great. Um, I go, you don't need that car. You just told me you'd do anything to be a college basketball coach, but your car and those four tires are more important than your lifetime career. Okay. They make bikes. They make Uber. They make buses. Okay. <laughs> there are many modes of, get a moped. There are many modes of transportation. If you're the kind of guy that's going to say, listen, I can't do it because of this. I, you, you're not going to make it. The guys that make it say, Oh coach, you can have my car. Just, if you give me, give me whatever for you, I'll take that. And I understand what you're saying. I'll, I'll get rides i'll figure out how to do those are the guys that make it those are the guys that end up next thing you know blank they're in the nba and they're sitting on the bench you know a young man by the name of peter herman was a student assistant at, at and you, you can't make these stories up and i have a ton of them he was a student assistant at at um um uh M- 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 state in minnesota or Not Mankato, yes. at, at Winona. He was at Winona in Minnesota, okay? And he came into my program. I mean, he was burning. You talk about burning desire. And I knew this. I knew he had it. And um, uh, he was looking for for an opportunity. And he was willing to make any sacrifice. He got an offer to go to Nevada, University of Nevada in Reno, Nevada, for mm. exactly zero pennies. And zero, I mean, zero dollars and zero cents. Zero everything across the board to go to work for Eric Musselman. Right. All right. He goes on his own dime to Reno. And obviously, he's got to get part time jobs and he's got to work around this and that. Now, who's going to do this? These guys that tell me, oh, I'm willing to do anything because I really want to do this. Okay. Take a job for nothing at Reno. Would you do that? No, I wouldn't do that. Okay. Well, then go do something else. Um, you know it's it's really competitive. So he goes down and learns from Musselman. You can can imagine what kind of ex, you know experience that was. Um, he then he then turns that into getting an intern with the Milwaukee Bucks because he was at Nevada with Musselman, who's an NBA guy. He gets an intern with the Bucks. Okay, he just got new business cards the other day. He now is. Um, the director of uh, basketball uh, operation and administration for the um, Wisconsin herd, which is the G league team. And then also has scouting duties and responsibilities with the, with the bucks, with the Milwaukee bucks. Now that's, he's the only reason he's there is because of that jump that he made, that sacrifice that he made. And it was a gamble. I said, I don't know if I can tell you that you need to do this, but I said, if you, you know, it it may help you out, and he did. And look at that. We just talked last week. He's doing great. So there's no magic route, that's for sure. But, boy, you have got – I, I am big on 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 young guys or on anybody working to the point where they become one out of ten in a room of ten people interviewing for one job rather than nine out of ten. And the only way to do that is to figure out what everybody else is doing, and do something different, do something creative, do something that's going to separate yourself. Don't do what everybody else. If everybody else is emailing, handwrite, and get a fifty-five cent stamp and get it in the mail, for example. So, man, it's and it's just so much fun every day to talk to my to, to my guys I'm working with. But I wouldn't have regrets. You know, you what you're doing is is tremendous. Um, and I obviously, every day you go in, you are you're doing an amazing service to these young people. So, um, I wouldn't worry about that. But but it is a for those of us who have got a chance, it was it was really special too.
0: Yeah, I mean those those are some great lessons right there, Coach. And I, of course, I think that's true at any level because I know a lot sure. of high school coaches that they um you know they want to get to the best high school job. And I always recommend the coaches. It's like you know what, go to a small school, yeah. get that head coaching experience, yeah. maybe make. Because my, of course, my first job was fourteen thousand right. dollars in Virginia, and I, I, I was the best experience coach yeah. I ever had. Uh, and but uh, you know, most you know, a lot of times uh, people don't want it that bad. Hey, Coach Tony Miller, I interviewed. Uh-huh. He's the assistant men's basketball coach at Bob Jones University. In Greenville, South Carolina, uh-huh. and he told me he told me it's very similar to what you're saying. He worked for five years. He volunteered for five years on the Bob Jones staff. Yeah, and it's very similar. Now he is you know, a rising star, up and coming, getting his name out there, connecting with people. That that's just, that's what it takes, right?
1: Well, it it does, and it, it you know. You have to you have to figure out what it's going to take to make you a little bit more special than the next guy, and you know what do I have to do to separate myself? And he obviously, by committing that much of his uh, time and his career to to volunteer, made a huge made a huge impact on a lot of people. But it 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 doesn't you know it really doesn't matter what it is. You just got to be creative. You know I we were recruiting a kid in, in, um, uh, uh, up in, um, um, Michigan when I was down in, um, Stets- or when I was at Miami of Ohio. And, uh, w- we'd send a lot of mail. So one day I saw, I t- asked our managers if they could go get a refrigerator box. And of course they looked at me crazy. Like i you know, I've been saying the whole, you know, the whole time. And I said, what are you going to just get the box? So they got it and I had each of the staff write a handwritten note and we dropped it in the box and we taped it up and we sent it. So the kid comes home from school, there's a refrigerator box waiting for him. And at the bottom of the box are four handwritten notes. Now, do you think that made a difference in us either getting him or not getting him? No, that box was not going to have that kind of influence. Do you think, that he noticed that do you think that might've been a little bit of an influencer? Do you think that that separated us and set us apart a little bit? Oh heck yeah. You know, and, and it was a joke, but it was, a, it's a great, it really is a great story because at what lengths are you willing to go creatively? You know, I just created a, um, an online course, um, for, uh, on coach tube, um, the elite career networking system. And there's 12 cardinal rules in this system. One of them is how outrageously creative can you be? Because if that doesn't hit it, we've got to be creative. And man, um, and I could go on and on and on about that, but being creative, it helps us set ourselves apart. And we don't want to be like nine out of the 10. We want to be the one out of 10. And and that's what's going to make it. That That's what Peter Herman did. He went from winona minnesota to nevada reno in in uh in the great state of nevada all the way up to milwaukee and he's just kicking butt now so it's
0: whatever it takes whatever it takes i love that coach and i i i totally understand and believe in your creative theory I, i think it randy even applies to how you coach um i we play a system here that's totally unique and that in our style of play, what kind of shots we're getting, how we press, um, we have an identity. Don't you feel like that for coaches? Yeah. Number one, have an identity so your kids feel special about yeah, something, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and the, wh- I think the real magic happens when, when the players and the staff come together and that identity meshes and we can look at each other and say, oh, yeah, yep here's one I drive home all the time. When I get a kid who either is not on the help side where he's supposed to be. So he can't make that rotation and get there or goes for a steal and doesn't get it. And I will say, stop. I'll say, you know, that's no different than, than coming down the floor. And defensively, you just go over to the bench and get a glass of water and sit down and it's five on four and you just cheer for your guys Mm -hmm. and tell them, Hey, Go ahead, guys, man. I just got to get a quick blow and get a drink of water. I'll be back with you when we get the ball on offense. That's what you just did to your team, okay, by running by the ball. I I call it Vegas. You know, they're playing Vegas. That's a Vegas (laughs) defender because a young guy asked me the other day, do you think Westbrook is a really good defender? And I said, I think he's a Vegas defender. When he makes a steal, it's spectacular when he takes it from Harden. And when he dunks on Harden going the other way, it's spectacular. But nobody sees the seven out of ten times he goes for steals, doesn't get them. Somebody has to help, and their defense crumbles in a second. And I think that's pretty selfish, to be honest with you. It's not only undisciplined, but I think there's a level of selfishness there in that. And we we need to understand that while we're playing and thinking and playing hard, that if we turn the game, we call it 54. If we make a 54 move that, that all of a sudden our team only has four and they have five, that's a bad deal. And so we try to eliminate as many times as possible for this 54 to appear. And so the guy on the on the weak side that needs to be there on the, on the rotation when the ball's driven baseline, he knows he's letting his team down if he doesn't get there when he's supposed to and at the right time at the right place. And if you can get them, I mean, and I love, man, when their eyes light up and they look at you like, oh, I kind of get that now you've always talked about 54 and this, you know, you know, you know, yeah, I know where I'm supposed to be, but sometimes I just don't get there. Well, you got to get there. You got to get there not for you so much, but for your team. And let's be together on this because it's a five on five game. Let's keep it five on five. So just those examples and to stop and talk to them, I think is priceless Um, to be yelling at them or, or, or just barking instructions. I don't think is, is teaching at all. That's kind of the coach with a whistle around his neck effect, which is, which is not good. (laughs) It's not good. Um, We're trying to teach these young people and, and then hopefully win games along the way. And usually we do, we, we win more than our share if we do it the right way.
0: Yeah, if your language kind of lines with, you know, you're you're kind of building your culture and usually that'll that'll end up in good results, right? Coach? In
1: the end it does. I mean, I, I you know, I think <laughs> coach Wooden is is such a great example of that because of the simplistic manner in which he coached and he never was about the scoreboard. Um he was about teaching the game and getting them to play the game the right way. And then he would say at the end of the game, he'd look up and say, "Okay, all right. Well, we won. We should have won because we played the game the right way, you know, type of thing. It's kind of like the process. Right. Versus um, hey, let's just out go outscore the other team. Um, let's do the right thing. Do the right thing. And boy, if that doesn't apply to our lives and, <laughs> and, and things either, you know, from an individual standpoint you know, do the next right thing, you know, you hear you hear that a lot. So but if we're not teaching them. Um, you know what to do when they're thirty five we are missing the boat and I know they're only 14 or 15 or whatever or eight or nine when we're when we have time with them but we're actually teaching them lessons that 30 years ahead fast forward in their life they're going to have to lean on that is a daunting task I mean I take that seriously uh, because that's what we're doing Um, you've heard the quote right and I don't I I hear different I heard said differently but that that a young person um, will consider their coach, their their mentor, or will have learned the most from a coach or a teacher than anybody else growing up, and and that's that's very poorly Absolutely. stated, but just that concept of now think about that, boy. If we can't take that mm-hmm. serious, and and I and I know most do. I think that is a just an incredible calling for us all.
0: Yeah, I do feel like the scoreboard is the worst evaluator. Uh, but we all focus on that, and that's something that your really great coaches, they do focus on the process before the scoreboard. Um, Randy, can you tell me, my last yeah. question is this, a Randy Brown summit of coaches, who are the guys you would love to sit around? I know you've been around a lot of great coaches like Lou uh John Wooden, those type of guys. Tell me, like, what is a great summit of coaches you can really learn a lot from? Maybe have like a small Randy Brown summit dinner. <laughs> Who would you invite? Oh,
1: now is this anybody from any time or is this uh, like today or
0: from I mean, any time? Because there, I mean, you've been around, you've known a lot of coaches. Are there coaches, you know, that that you would like any from any sport? that you have not met, that you would love oh, to kind of pick gosh, their brains. So
1: many of them. It's just, <laughs> you yeah.
0: have to narrow it
1: down. Yeah. No, it can't be too many. No, it would be, unless, <laughs> you know, in terms of basketball, I would, I would have to start with um, actually I would start if it was me, I would start with the seven uh, guys that I had an opportunity to coach with, um, with the exception okay. of one who I thought was a tremendous basketball coach, his maybe his ways and, and some, and some other things um, I, I didn't align with every, I mean, these other, I got so lucky. I was like the, I mean, these are all hall of fame, big time character, big time first class coaches and people. And, and I was just so fortunate I would have all six of those. that so we're talking about um, from Lou Dolson, to gary garner who i worked with at drake to rich glass at north dakota kevin o'neill at marquette um uh dan hipster at stetson and then larry Stacey and tim floyd at iowa state tim floyd became w- one of my real close friends and i think the world of him he would be in any um I- any sit down gathering um, i think he's just brilliant he's a he's a wonderful person and a got an unbelievable mind for basketball i would love to have spent i i, I would love to invite uh, mr henry iba mr iba in um j- just someone that i is just so revered and i think understood the game way beyond anybody understood the game and it was such a different game but i've always really really respected him um and then uh, i think coach haskins and probably because i hear coach floyd talk about Don Haskins so much, he would certainly be one Um, man. It would, it would just go on and on and on. Um, But though I would start close to home, you know, with those guys probably. Um, And um, I've learned so much from, I respect them so much. And uh, but, but, you know, you can learn from everyone that's for sure. And that's something we always have to be, have to be aware of is we can learn from, we can learn from anybody. And I tell my coaches that I mentor never judge someone because of a title, because in four years you're going to be sitting in an office and they're going to be interviewing you for a job. a head coaching position and you're going to wish that you had treated them a little bit nicer than when they were in, in some job that you didn't consider as, as reputable as the one you had possibly. I mean, you never know in this world. And so, I tell them all the head, all the assistant coaches out there could become head coaches. So make sure that you just, you know, the golden rule is a really good thing to follow. And and then try to learn from everybody. What the heck? I mean, you know, Dick Bennett used to go to his daughter. His daughter coached eighth grade girls basketball. And Dick used to leave. He used to leave practice early. He used to leave the office and go watch his his daughter coach because it was his daughter. But number two, he said he'd pick up stuff all the time. That he goes, he it, If he wasn't in that environment, he couldn't pick it up. He goes, I learned so much; it was unbelievable. Now think about that. That's one of the greatest things I ever heard. I I asked him about that once too, and he goes, "Oh yeah, it's amazing." He goes, "You, you get your get your mind right. You get your mind in a different situation, and and it's amazing how stuff just pops up and you learn." So we, we always we're lifetime learners. We really need to be, and uh, I, I would um uh, kevin as a bit of a parting shot i would really recommend that everybody think about changing one thing or adding one thing to their to their life to to their regiment every day and that's to read and it took me a long time before i read a non basketball book in my life um but i love to read and i love to learn and if if we're not reading and we're not seeking knowledge, boy, we're, what have we become? And I think we need to be on a life lifelong mission. I believe, um, and and you'll see you'll see this a lot in in polls taken on the world's uh, most successful people or highest earners or whatever, and they all say to a T, "Oh, I'm a I'm a fantastic."
0: Hey, Ray. Oh, this is a, and I, I sure appreciate you sharing the knowledge with us. And I love you're saying about reading. I think it's so important uh, to be a learned individual. Talk about your, let, let's talk about your book before we go, uh, Rebound Forward. Um, and I know how important that is to you. Uh, talk about what it was about and how we can get, uh, how we can get it.
1: Uh, my, uh, my site where I send everybody just my coach, So I picked the extension of coach, which I thought was pretty cool. That they came up with that, but it's, it's randybrown.coach. <laughs> right. And you know, I told, um, several people that I wanted to write a book and, and they asked me why, and, you know, I was just kind of like, what do you mean? Why? You know? And they said, figure out why. And I, and I took a long time and I thought about it and I thought, okay, this isn't just a story about like me and my life and ups and downs and this and that. You know, th- there's got to be something that, that anybody that reads this story can take with them. That, that, was re- that became really important to me. That became my why. And so what I've learned and what I, what I like to pass on as, as the main concept of this book rebound forward um kevin is that we all face a lot of adversity in this in this life and in this world and there's a lot of tough stuff that happens some of it is things we cause and some are things that happen to us that life just just deals us and it isn't it isn't that that we need to focus on what we need to focus on is what we're going to do about it. Now, we say not react. We don't want to react. We want to respond. And it's the way we respond to adversity. And if you talk about a parallel between athletics and life, it would be this. How we respond to adversity is can really make or, make or break the rest of our life. Um, there, there, are, there are a lot of really difficult things that happen in this world. And, um, you know, I personally, uh, made some choices that were, um, that were ways for me to run and hide. We we lost two, four year old children, two daughters, and it was in the middle of my coaching career. And I, I I took the path of least resistance and I was living a life where I would do anything to make myself feel better, um, to, to take the pain away and, uh, it ended up costing me. I mean, it was, it, it was very costly. I didn't do a good job in responding to the adversity, and so if, if you wrap everything up, forward is about a guy that that loved life and worked his tail off at everything he ever did, and 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 all these sto- kind of stories that we've talked about. But I want people to understand that that we can't be defined by our adversity. We we can should be defined by how we handle adversity because it can make you stronger and better um, and wiser and plus it you can become then a you can be, be become then a real um, uh, point of strength for others because w- we tend to look at others who have gone through difficult things when we go through our time and we can become one of those people if we handle it um, and, and respond properly and um, I would really really encourage people to hey coaches this is Nick Bartlett with Dr. Dish Basketball and you're listening to the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado make sure to check us out at drdishbasketball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at Dr. Dish B-ball for daily basketball drills tips inspiration and how we've revolutionized the basketball shooting machine over here at Dr. Dish also, mention this podcast, and you will receive an exclusive discount on your next Dr. Dish purchase. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Yeah, thank you again, man. I appreciate it. I, I, know, um, uh, I know I'm going to read it, and I know I'm encouraged to, as well, rebound forward, because I know we're all going through adversity. But Absolutely. I, I just want, I just want to tell you, though, you've been a true mentor. Yeah, well, we, we met now through the phone, but I just want to sure. tell you what you did to me as a coach and so forth. And I, I know you're going to continually help other coaches out, and I appreciate you taking the time out to share with me. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, it's, it's great to meet you, too. And, and uh, and, and again, I really respect uh, you for, for what you're doing uh, every day when you uh, – young folks Uh, that's tremendous and thanks for having me on i i just i I just love talking about these things you know had we talked back when i was at iowa state or or something i wouldn't have i wouldn't have spoke like this because i didn't i actually didn't see the game the way i see it now and and so a lot of the things that we talked about are, are things that have just my career so and i'm really glad to share them um through my website they can reach me too kevin um, and my, my email address is very easy. It's just my initials, rb at coachrb.com. Okay. rb at coachrb.com. The unending supply of resources. And I'd love everybody the top three and have them begin as coaches to define their top three. I think that'd be the greatest thing they could do. But I, I'll, I'll send out anything, I, anything they desire or, or as much as I can get into an email.
0: Yeah, and you got some great videos out there, too, that I, I, I mean, that kind of, YouTube I appreciate channel. you sharing the yeah. game. And I will, Yeah, it, it's just fabulous. Uh, thanks again for coming on. I'll have all your um, connections and so forth, all your, your website, everything on the podcast. So, but thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Randy, for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate what you're doing with the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks again. Take care now, Coach.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: bye Coaches, I got an exciting announcement. On September 14, 2019, the Legends on the Lake basketball coaching clinic will be back. Um, we're really excited to host a great clinic this year. Uh, we will have the top coaches in the state of Georgia and around the country uh, attend our 2019 clinic here at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The clinic will go from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. We we feel like we are the most unique coaches clinic in the country and that we will have a live demonstration team from Middle Georgia Prep School demonstrating all the on-court activities for the speakers. In addition, we'll have the best high school coaches from states like Georgia, Wisconsin, Alabama, Tennessee, Missouri, and New Jersey. We have speakers starting at 8 a.m., And we will have our last speaker at 3.45 p.m. We provide the coaches with a meal, snacks, shirt, everything they need in our beautiful new facility here at Lake Oconee Academy. You cannot go wrong. If you're interested in signing up for this clinic, I will give you a special deal. Please put a special code of LEGENDS. Then you email me at FurtadoK57 at gmail.com. I will give you a special discount if you come to our clinic. And also, I'll provide you any hotels that are close by the school. We're right off of I-20 here in Greensboro, Georgia. Looking forward to seeing all you coaches. Take care.